Hi, I'm Ann DeLisi. And I'm Chef James Regato. And in this episode of Essential Cooking, we talk with Chef Laura Romito. She has a line of organic salt blends called High Five Salts with Benefits and runs the Detroit Kitchen Connect program, which is a monthly workshop series for people starting their own food business. Laura talks with me and James Regato about High Five Salts, the Detroit Kitchen Connect program, and the most common challenges food entrepreneurs face when they're starting out. So Laura, you and I uh, first met when you were uh, when High Five Salts was up and running. That's right, and it's been years now, right? Well, I did a whole year of research and development in 2016, and I started selling products in 2017. So yeah, it's been a while. I think I was probably here around 2018. Yeah, yeah. The the salts are great. I use them. I love them, and um, it looks like you're going to have a new client. Can we talk about that? Say that quickly, or is that not really happening yet? Which oh about Michigan Michigan Fields? Yeah, Yeah, Michigan Fields is going to start carrying your whole line of salts, which is very exciting. We love them. Yeah, we love those guys. The online grocery store they had figured it out during the pandemic, and now they they have a whole lot of people who love them. So they're going to start carrying your salt. So congratulations! But you you. you can find them online as well. What's the website? Uh, it's actually foodgeekfoods.com, right. but you can look up High Five Salts and it, it'll, it'll come up. These yep. are made, these are just made with the most wonderful ingredients. They smell amazing. They taste, I mean, it's just great. Thank so you. I use them. I love them. Thank They're good you. for you. The Himalayan salt is just, get all the good stuff in it for you. Yeah. So anyway, uh, if you're looking for new salts and to make your food taste even better, um, Laura's got that and a new um, a new powder for popcorn. Yeah, I, I kind of worked with the some of the ones that I already had, and then I created a powdered version. Um, so it'll really stick to your popcorn. Yeah. So I've been making popcorn, you know, this is how most food products start. You make them right. for your family, you make them for your friends. And if you get enough positive feedback, the crazy voice in your head says, you should sell this. (laughs) (laughs) And then that's what ends up happening. So that's what I did. That was my pandemic project. I created these new salts. Well, the salts are fabulous. I can't speak highly enough of them. And I use them all the time. Um, But Laura, we, uh, in addition to High Five Salts, we wanted to talk to you about Detroit Kitchen Connect. Yes. Uh, And what is happening with this? Now, I I think starting any business has to be daunting. I think starting mm-hmm. a restaurant or a food business sounds like it's got another layer layer of daunting. No, it's added easy. To it. <laughs> what? Lying. He's lying. He's lying. A restaurant. To you. Come on. It's Open a, one tomorrow. It's Let's fun do it. all yeah. the time. Start one tomorrow. Yeah. It's easy. It's fun. Every day about? is fun. I just when I looked at your list of questions you have to ask yourself before you even say. I think this is a good idea and I'm going to do it. That would stop me like at number yeah. five or something. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, this is a terrible idea. Right. Why would I do this? Well, we do tell our people at Detroit Kitchen Connect to have an exit strategy in place <laughs> just in case. We try to walk the line between inspirational and realistic because yeah. that's it's a it's a job. Yeah. James, you must have seen this a million times, right, in your travels. Like people think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open a restaurant yeah. or I'm going to start making this food thing and selling it. Mm-hmm. And- Usually when it starts with like, oh, I love to cook. I want to, I'm like, oh, okay, Stop there. Then right. keep, keep loving it. Keep right. loving it. Exactly. You have to. You have to. You have to really be. You have to be willing to just. You know, hate yourself as much as you love yourself. You right. know, because I mean, it's it's a very you know it's torturous. But I mean, I love it. But you also have to, you have to kind of like pain. Yeah. You know, to, to well, that, it's one thing to cook and have people yeah. over and cook for them. It's one thing to make it a business that you have to make money yeah. off of. So you sure. Need, yeah, you need, you need to be better. At, to me, you need to be good at business. Period. And then fold cooking into it. Mm-hmm. Don't be good at cooking and hope you'll fin- you know figure the business part out. Which is probably why so many restaurants don't make it Absolutely. because people do start because they love it. And that's one of the things too. We talked to a lot of our attendees at these workshops about, and I should let you tell should, what they are yeah, first, we should right? Try, we should, we got way <laughs> out of ourselves gun. here. Um, Detroit Kitchen Connect yes. basically 
um, guides you if you think you want to start making a food product. Correct. How you're going to go about doing that. And these workshops sort of set you up for success and to make it and help you to figure out, is this really something that I should be doing? Is that a good way to describe yes, it? Yes, that's perfect. And it's actually based in Eastern Market, right? right, right, right. which is important. Um, Eastern Market is the backbone of all of the of all of these projects. But Detroit Kitchen Connect is a, literally a network of kitchens that are available for people who are interested in, in a starting a, a retail food product right. or a, a food service business, like a food truck or a catering business or something like that. Meal prep, that's a big one these days. Oh, yeah. Home delivery, things like that. So, Yeah, that seems to be, I mean, a lot. some things have certainly changed over the last year. Yeah, it's, it's high demand, especially because Dining out now has changed so much. Because like, a while it was like, you know, restaurants were struggling and we still we still are in a certain way, but now there's the demand is back. Right. So people want to dine. I mean, I was out, you know, if you look at like, try to make a reservation at Grey Ghost on a Monday right now, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, like now the demand is back. So like, yep. even if you want to go out, sometimes you can't find a spot to eat. Right. So the, the meal prep and the home delivery, that was hot because of like, Restaurants were shut down. Now mm -hmm. it's hot because the demand is is so People outside. People got used to it. Well, it's convenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I, Curbside's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, okay, I'm going to have your great food and yep. I just uh, drive by. Yep, that's good too. So, Laura, what are some of the first things that you um, would say to somebody who thinks they want to start um, a business or they want to go to the... How long are these workshops, by the way? How many So we do there? them once a month. Um, okay. Generally speaking, they're the third Thursday, but once in a while mm -hmm. we we have to mix them up a little bit. But um, they're three hours. They're from nine to noon. Right now we're doing them on Zoom, but we right. hope to be back in person in July in mm -hmm. Shed 5 because it's big and right. we can spread out. Yeah. Um, but really, we have a core group of people who participate every single time on our panel. Mm -hmm. One of them is Christine Kwan, who is the director of the DKC, and she works right. with a lot of different programs at Easter Market. One is Natasha Horn, who is a Michigan Department of Agriculture inspector. So she talks uh, about food licensing oh, wow. and really kind of takes the, the fear out of that. Because I remember when I got inspected the first time, I was so nervous. Right. And I'm a really like dorky type A food person. So mm -hmm. I'm fanatical about everything. So I knew I wasn't going to do anything wrong, but I, I was nervous about the inspection. Right. So we talk people through it, what you have to have ready, how you have to have your recipes ready, all that stuff. And then we have um, Colleen Brewer and Larry Lucas, who are serve safe certification mm -hmm. um, administrators. So everybody has to be serve safe certified. That's a, th a thing in the industry so that you protect people and don't make anybody sick. Right. They also manage a lot of the kitchens. They manage the Eastern Market Kitchen and a place called Rosie's Community Kitchen, which is a commissary in Ypsilanti. So um, we are all on the panel every time. My job is to facilitate and try to keep everybody focused, mm -hmm. um, which is ironic considering <laughs> me. Um, but then also I talk to them about recipe development. And so I get to do the fun part. I get to talk to them about how you need to standardize your recipes. And, I you know, one of the things we say to people, don't start with 15 varieties. Start with three mm -hmm. and then get really good at the business thing. Like James was saying, the business part is, is vital. It doesn't matter if you have 15 flavors of cupcakes if you can't balance your checkbook. Yeah. So you have to think about that. And that's, that's where we go. We, it's, a, it's a nice, interactive three hours. Celebrate 75 years of public radio in Detroit with WDET. As our spring fundraiser commences, let's unite to support what makes Detroit unique. 75 years of people-powered radio. Invest in WDET's next chapter at WDET.org or tap Donate in the mobile app. 
Is there a, a particular food item that people seem to gravitate to to think they're gonna they can make and turn into a business? A hundred percent. And it, it really? does. Yeah. And it does go in phases. We do see trends and we've been doing these workshops for like two and a half years now. So we see trends, but barbecue sauce, really anything okay. tomato based, any kind of sauce that your, you know, your grandma yeah. made it. And, yeah. and those are huge. And grocery stores don't want a lot more of them. So we often have to warn people uh. like, how are you going to compete with national companies and make your thing affordable and make it different and stand out, you know, on the shelf? Um, baked goods. Cookies, like cookies mostly, yeah. you know, family cookie recipe, that oh. sort of thing. Um, pressed juice is a big deal right now, raw juices, and that's really problematic because of the health, con- you know, the safety concerns with them, and they have to be processed a certain way, and then they're not raw anymore. And so that's, we have a lot who come and say they want to do that. Um, those are probably the three biggest ones that we see baked goods, tomato based sauces, salsas. Yeah. And then um, the juices right now are really big. Are you guys working at all with uh, HPP? So we don't actually do any of this for the clients. Gotcha, we just gotcha. tell them about it. So, that's, so. so HPP is the high pressure packaging. That's how right. drought and garden yes. fresh salsa can stay refrigerated for like 40 days on the shelf. Is because yep. it uses the pressure by water, not not in contact with the food, but the packaging. And it kills like all the microorganisms that would create, you know, a hostile environment for, you know, for hell, it's like actually a good environment for bacteria, bad environment for consuming it. So uh, right. it kind of breaks down on a pathogen, you know, on a pathogen level. It makes it safe for you know for a to, long time. Yeah, for like I think it's like forty to sixty days, and without adding chemicals too. Yeah, that's it's, the, it's all the, the big key about yeah. it. Yeah. So and that's actually that's Jack Aronson's uh, company yep. out there, and I think in Taylor. So yeah, so HPP, it's so pretty they, cool. That was yeah. d- developed here. Oh, well, I mean, it's technology that existed before, but Jack opened one. Yeah, he so, really helped. So they're here. processing uh, a, lot, a lot of the when you see the drought juices on the shelf in the grocery right. store, that's why you see a longer shelf life. It's because it went through HPP high pressure packaging. So if anybody's interested in like how, you know, why some foods are frozen, why some are fresh, right. it's basically pathogens, and HPP will kill them. It's pretty cool. So wow. So that's it something. Is. Yeah, people can do their own research on it. But we have it in Michigan. There's only, there's not there's not a ton in the world. There's no. only a handful, I think, in the in the United States, and we have one. Thank you, Jack Aronson. Yeah, That's it, pretty it's, cool. It's, it's remarkable. Super, we should have Jack on the show. We should. Have, where is that guy? <laughs> yeah. We have to get him on yeah. the show. That's pretty interesting. I had no idea. The only thing that's difficult about it is the packaging. There's very limited types of packaging that you can actually use in right. it. That, like you can't technology. do it with glass because the pressure of the water would explode yeah. the glass. Right. So like I'm working with a soup client right now. We're making these um, vegan um, loaded nutrient soups for people going through cancer treatment. And yeah. hopefully we'll have them in the shelf by the summer. But um, she, you know, we want to use glass because of the sure, yeah, the environment, and, and, yeah. right? And right. Um, amber glass to be specific. And she can't use HPP because it would yeah, unless you go frozen, right? But then there's not much frozen space in the grocery know, stores. So this is the other thing we talk to our our, our people about who come to the workshops. For a, a refrigerated or a frozen product is great, but then you have to think about the cost of shipping it. Yeah. It's much more expensive to ship a frozen or a, a, a refrigerated product. Totally. Grocery stores don't have room for them. So a shelf-stable product is probably easier to get on the shelf. That's one of the other people who will often be a panelist. We have Natalie Rubino come from the Woodward Corner Market. And as soon as our Rivertown Market opens here in Detroit, right. um, the store director from them will, from there will come too. They are termed hyper-local stores. And they have, I'm in four sections in one Meyer store because of these small Meyers that they're really looking for local products. So she comes on and she talks to everybody about what she's looking for 
if you want your package on a shelf, what you you have to have UPC codes. You have to. So, you know, we do. We talk to people about their dreams and how excited they are to make these new products. And we also say, look, these are all things you have to take into consideration. And maybe you're ready for this now and maybe you're not. Maybe you need to take a step back and think about it. Do some farmer's markets for a little while. Um, get some good feedback from people. That's really, really important. Um, create a uh, market for your product mm-hmm. before you go into a lot of stores. Laura, do most people, after they go through this workshop, go back to the drawing board and start to rethink everything? Or are like half of these people ready to move forward? How? What's a percentage, would you say? That's a great question. So uh, I just talked to Christine about it this morning. I would say probably about a quarter of the people who are come ready. to us are ready. Some of them have already started. They're just looking for a new space. Uh, okay. So that we can help them with that as well. Um, I would say about 90% of our participants are from Wayne County. Um, and then... Beyond that, just sort of Southeast Michigan. Mm-hmm. But we have kitchen spaces available all over Southeast Michigan. And the number f- fluctuates. Sometimes they're all full. Not all full, but, you know, sometimes they're mm-hmm. full. Sometimes, like Eastern Market, Shed 5, everybody wants that kitchen because it's a really nice right. kitchen and it's at the market. <laughs> of course. Um, and they are going to have some openings soon. They haven't for a while. It's been full. And one of the reasons for that is it's known as an incubator space where you start and you really only have three years to be in that kitchen. And then there's an opportunity to move to an accelerator space, which is something else that's happening in the Eastern Market, where you can have your own kitchen. And it's just a white walls and um, the, the items that you need to have a, a legit kitchen. And then you set it up the way you want to set it up. Is wow. there any kind of food product that you think there's a low supply, high demand of right now? Like if somebody's like, I am good at a lot of things. I want to do something. What do you, what do you, what do you like, yo, you should mess, mess with this. Like, you know, you know, I think one thing that is true now and probably will be for a while is still vegan and gluten-free products. Those, I think there's a bigger market for those and there's just not as many of them. Yeah. So there's probably more room in that yeah, particular I area. I, I assume you were going to say that. I agree. Yeah. I think, I think especially vegan. Cause I mean, I know gluten-free has, has its followers, but I think there's people that opt-in, but vegans are usually pretty committed. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. And people, even, you know, non-vegans can enjoy vegan food. I I, I always say every walking soul is a vegan. Yeah. They just add meat and go, and they cross the threshold. Right, right. But we all eat vegan food. I can enjoy vegan food. You know, like, (laughs) people, you know, you like corn on the cob, and you're like, come on. Right. If I'm forced to eat something gluten-free, I'll do it. But, you know, and I feel bad for people who have to be. Sure. You know, they're getting better, but they're not the best products in the world. I actually have a, I like a pasta problem. I eat so much pasta. It's like unbelievable. <laughs> like, I, like I can watch my, I can watch what I eat all day long. Pasta. I can't. It's ridiculous. That's it's an addiction. Well, I love, it's I, good. Long live gluten. I love there you it. go. <laughs> James, did you ever think of um, initiating a food product to sell? I mean, you know, we, we, most chefs have dabbled in thoughts about it. I mean, like, you know, mustards. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. Charles Pasenko, who's a good friend of mine, he made the Lilana brewing company mustard. I was mm-hmm. obsessed with it. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've thought about it, but you know, I never really took it too far. I mean, I messed with some like batches of things you try out, but no, I never, uh, I never really wanted to get too into the, cause it just, it's, it's a whole different business model. It is. It's, you know, I mean, and that's like, you're talking about like logistics and like, yep. you know, and yep. yeah, tasting boards and like, you got to get in, in partnerships with people who then want different sizes, vessels, shapes, you know, I mean, it's, yes. it's, it's a, it's a machine, which is fine. Distribution, yeah. all of that. It's a machine. Yeah, no, and I think that um, for someone like you, you have a really big name in this area. You could probably, people would buy whatever you put your name on. It's for you, it's just the hassle. Is it worth it? You yeah, know? for sure. And I think to me, like, I really enjoy, you know, I, my, I like I like what I'm doing now. I like building my team up. I like dealing with, you know, yeah. like um, the daily changes of the food world. Yeah. And I feel like, 
packaging and you know i think it's not for everybody yeah i don't like the waste <laughs> side of it too like i feel like the plastic and like i'm like i'm like you know we were composting at the restaurant we we're cycling glass of the con it, it, the whole shipping world i mean just you end, you enter into like a lot of like uh eco and, and kind of environmental issues i just mm -hmm. yeah the whole i mean the whole world's crazy right now. So I'm not trying to make mine any crazier. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing about it too. So, you know, you ask if there's one particular product or something, there's really very little new in food. You know, everything you're talking about mustard, how long oh, yeah. has mustard so been around? Yeah, right. Hundreds of years. Thousands. Right. So it's just about taking something and reinventing it or mm -hmm. rebranding it. And if you have a passion for that, if you enjoy doing that, that's one thing. Um, I'll mention my soup client again. Um, she's passionate about helping people go through cancer treatment. Her, right. This is a huge project that she's working on and it's tons of work and expense and, but she's passionate about it. Yeah. And I think the bottom line, you're passionate about what you do at the restaurant. If you truly want to get up every single morning and have, you know, people are going to tell you no and people are, you're, right. you're, truck is going to break down on the way to whatever delivery and your people are going to be mad at you. They're not going to care. It's not your fault. I ship all over the country. If my shipping is backed up because of the UPS, you know, USPS, people don't care. Right. <laughs> they just want their product. So right. you just have to really love what you're doing and believe in what you're doing in any work that you do. But I think food is such a passion. Mm -hmm. It's you do it because you love it and because you want to feed people and it makes you feel good and happy. And so, you know, I think we, we try to really convey this at the workshops. The fun part is creating the recipes. Mm -hmm. The fun part is sharing food with people everything else is the hard part. Right. Yeah. So, and it's probably, there's a lot more of that than there is of the <laughs> creating recipes. You know, I've been doing this five years and I have eight, nine products. Mm -hmm. I started with five and I tell people now I should never have launched all five of them at once. I should have done two or three. Right. And then you have something else to put out there to bring yep. people back in. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I've learned a lot of lessons, which is really I used to be a high school teacher, so I like sharing that information right. and being like, okay, don't do this because no, none of us are perfect. Our businesses have to shift. Right. We all have to pivot. Mm -hmm. um, so I like being able to share the stuff that I've learned. All right. If you have a food product and you think you're ready to go, it's DetroitKitchenConnect.com. Laura, Chef Laura Romito is our guest. I'll also remind you that her High Five Salts are amazing. So you can just search online at High Five Salts. I know that um, they carry them in Eastern Market and Michigan Fields is going to carry them, which I'm very excited about. Um, but if you want to find out more, like we said, the next um, Zoom is going to be on... It's Tuesday, June 15th. Tuesday, June 15th. Once again, go to DetroitKitchenConnect.com or Food Geek Foods, and you'll be able to get Laura's salts. Laura, thank you so much. It was great to see you again. Thank you for having yeah. me. I'm so excited to have these people come. And, you know, they excite, they get me excited again yeah. about what I'm doing. Our thanks to Chef Laura Romito for talking with us, to you for listening, and... We would like to thank LaMarca Prosecco for their support. From the hills of Veneto, Italy, you can never go wrong with Prosecco, whether it's in a spritz or drinking straight. Joan Isabella is our executive producer with producer David Lyons and assistant producer Lisa Brancato, editing by Rowan Nemisto. Production support provided by Studios on the Pond and original music by the Mallet Brothers. This is a production of Detroit's public radio station, WDET. 